Welcome to episode number 27 of the Circles Off podcast. I'm Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. And this week, we welcome in a very special guest, a fellow Italiano, professional sports better, Joey Tunes. I love that name, by the way. Joey Tunes just rings so nicely. Whoa, Joey, what's going on? Yeah, it's nice. Not it's, much. I uh, see you're in beautiful uh, Florida right now. I see the background there. It's all lit up. Uh, I assume you're enjoying life over there. Yeah, I moved uh, right around West Palm area. I had to, uh, the pandemic was the uh, final straw, I think. I needed to, I was always leaning that way, you know, uh, cheaper taxes, nice weather, no shovel in the old driveway. So finally, you know, put my balls on the line and uh, moved. <laughs> Yeah, it's good for you, man. I mean, like to each their own. Uh, I, I live in a cold weather climate half the year. I'm miserable. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of lockdowns over the course of last year, which have made me miserable as well. So uh, I completely get it, man. Uh, and, and good for you for making the, the, the lifestyle change. I think what happened is they closed the gyms. And then as, soon as, they, <laughs> as soon as they closed the gyms, you got, the, got right out of there. That was it. I was pissed. So what, what were you actually doing? What were you actually doing when the gyms were closed? Like you doing home workouts? It was like Rocky Four. I was like carrying <laughs> logs across my yard, uh, you know, dipping, dipping jump rope. Uh, yeah, whatever I could do, like those rubber bands, cardio. I bought some weights, but weights were 3X at that time. I mean, they were just like, it was supposed to be a dollar a pound. It's like $3 a pound. So yeah, whatever I could do to, to stay in shape. Oh yeah, for sure. I I, uh, I ended up uh, ordering in like a home gym here, and I absolutely got fleeced because everybody was doing the same thing, right? Like everyone was ordering all this workout equipment. It was on back order forever. I ended up paying way more than I should have, and now it's just sitting here, not getting used because I'm I'm a lazy ass during football season. But yeah, I hear you. Anyways, uh, tunes. Let's get into it. Uh, obviously, you've been on on several other podcasts before. Some people do know your background, but uh, for those circles off listeners that don't know anything about you, uh, just a brief background on yourself and and how you got started in betting. Um, I, I think it's similar to you know most stories, but um, I, I I went to parties. I I basically were hosting either. I would bring cards with me. I would go to the parties and just kind of start like gambling like AC Ducey. Um, I would have the parlay cards on me. Uh, I knew I just was, you know, I was just into betting any which way. Um, Gots, whatever, like all the old gambling games, you know, that was like uh, my thing. I was always known to like, you know, start those type events at parties. Um, then, you know, I was doing some parlay cards with some older guys that were given to me. Um, you know, you have the Free, free two points on the urns or whatever, over 45, under 47, free middle. In. <laughs> and uh, man, that was a days. And, uh, and then I started, uh, you know, in, started getting a group of friends that were asking me to bet for them. And I was doing it as a favor. And then it became like, you know, I'm responsible for this money. And obviously they were paying me when they felt like it or slow pay. I mean, we were young back then. And, um, you know, my dad was like, you might as well just take the bets yourself. And then I kind of did that for about, you know, three, four years. And that was kind of the same thing, just chasing people down. It wasn't very um, exciting. I kind of like to challenge myself. And it really wasn't that much of a challenge, I would say, because I had, you know, square betters. I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a good earn, but I don't know. It wasn't like a passion uh, for, for the better part. Interesting. You're the guy that showed up with the dice and play four, five, six at these events too. <laughs> those are the those are the classics. Uh, I remember first meeting you in Vegas, Tunes. This was like I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. Was some sort of event that was happening. It was just basically like a tout extravaganza, I would call it, where there was like these panels of different touts speaking about college football season and NFL. And uh, I had met Dinky there that week, and he introduced me to you. Um, calling you a, a friend of his and basically he's like this guy Joey Tunes like he is the real deal he's the, he's the most real deal there is out there um, I had never heard of you before but I mean that's pretty high praise coming from someone like Dink who is just like really well established really well respected uh, curious like did you work with Dink at the time like how did you get to the point of like just showing up at at you know random places starting card games to becoming you know, well-established and having other professional betters 
refer to you as like the real deal? Um, me and Dinky, I, I really met Dinky a couple times before I moved out to Vegas. Then we got really close. So me and Eddie Walls would always go on the EOG show uh, back in the day. And um, me and Dink started doing a few things together. Um, he didn't really want to get too involved because I would work with some other groups and the whole cancer thing was happening at the time. And I think Dinky got tossed from cancer. So he, he was at the point where he didn't want to, you know, go down that awful road and maybe get in trouble uh, mm -hmm. legally and stuff. Um, but we would do some college football stuff. He, you know, I would bet some of his hockey and he would, um, he would give me a couple of accounts, especially for futures because um, I would always win at them. You know, it was just a matter of liquidity at that point. And uh, then he would just give me a couple, uh, you know, accounts for, for football and we would do a couple of things like that. But yeah, he's a pioneer and a good friend and a great person. All right, so Tunes, let's get into it. Uh, you mentioned back in the day how easy it was, scalp, middle, all those things. Uh, but I think what the people want to know is, you know, what, what are you doing now to earn? How has everything changed? And, and again, we don't want you to give away the secret sauce, um, but can you describe a little bit about your betting operation now, how it works, what you're betting, things like that? Yeah, um, so me personally, I really, I'm only originating the footballs at this point. Um, I have a program that does, one set of numbers and I still kind of keep in touch with the way I've always done things with a little adjustment, but I'd still keep my, my office and I are always involved in info. We have some beat writers that I tip out um, for quick information because it's still key. Mm -hmm. um, I still use some of the old, uh, some of the old like statistics that worked. Um, and uh and kind of go through the box scores and and literally go through every box score and try and figure out kind of break down the game and adjust ratings like in excel just really on my own and uh and that's uh that's that's the main part of you know uh of the office but during basketball we have some modelers and um and the other sports i don't do myself we either work with other syndicates or crews uh, that, you know, need us for liquidity to get down. We exchange some info. It's a very tight knit group um, and uh, we'll help them and they'll help us. And that's kind of uh, what we're doing. But the, the, the models have been good. I mean, I never won in baseball to the last two years and because I personally just suck. I, I just didn't get it. I'd be on the dog. And they'd lose by one every time. I just couldn't understand it. <laughs> but uh, now, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I know what I win at personally, and I'm not trying to take on the world. You know, you got to dish out assignments and, and do it like that. I think a couple of things you touched on there were interesting, but, uh, you know, we get, we've talked to all sorts of different bettors on this podcast and just in our personal lives as well. And I think there's so many different ways to originate, right? Like for me, I kind of, my first process is coming up with a number on a game and then going from there. And most of the time I'll trust my number for you. It sounds like there's like this layer of your own analysis that you're doing, like your own handicapping style, I guess. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, another key part is just understanding the markets. Like that's what I really understand from sitting in front of the screen for, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years is I just, I know what's a fake, what isn't. Um, I just really, well, my, my office is always like, you're like a wizard. I mean, how do you know, like, you know, uh, like Marilyn was pushed up or I was pushed up. To, I, I just, I know the indicators and uh, it's about timing too. You know, I mean, it matters. The, that half point over the course of, <laughs> I don't know, 5,000 bets is huge. It's the difference in winning and losing. So I'm just, you know, like my number's there, but I could be off and, if I see it get to a certain point, then I'm going to, you know, bounce on it. Maybe not right away, but later on in the week. Yeah, that's interesting because that's another thing I think that gets debated in the community quite a bit. Like a lot of people say, well, you know, I make the game two and a half and, and the line is, is three and a half. I'm just going to go and bet it because I have an edge. Whereas there's other people who say, well, I'm going to kind of wait to see because I think that the market is actually going to move the other way on this game and I'd rather get a four. 
And I think there's different trains of thought there. It sounds like you're much more price sensitive and you're willing to kind of wait till later on in the week. You don't, you know, put all your eggs in one basket really quickly in the week, just kind of understanding or at least having a good knowledge of how you think the market is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, there's indicators. I mean, now Circa being one, Circa over moves at this point, but they take a decent pop. So that's like something where, I mean, I line my, people probably see my Don Bass, it's 400 different colors in left being most important, right being non-important. So we have a lot of accounts, a lot of places to bet. So we'll look at indicators and kind of see when to pull the trigger. Obviously, you know, you have the pinnacle lean still and, Mm -hmm. and Chris, and then if Circa moves, you kind of know like, all right, maybe this is the time to go and grab that three and a half. It's probably not going to get to four or maybe it does get to four and and it's a huge difference in, in the numbers. I mean, fives and stuff, you know, I'm not really in a rush to go grab, but the process this year now, I mean, we're in a, we're in a different type of spot because we have a lot of accounts. We have a lot of buying power earlier in the week. So as much as I'm trying to, you know, um, wait on the number, it's like, there's a couple Monday betters that could ruin it. So it's like, like this Oregon state this week, uh, you know, flipped six points. I knew it was so off. So I hate to be the Monday guy, but I could I could get down a decent amount on Monday, not Friday amount, but I mean, if I'm not taking it, somebody's going to. So I'm, I'm kind of, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, should I wait? Should I not wait? So Monday I've been picking like my three favorite games and kind of blitzkrieging them. And um, then I'm going to, you know, hold off Tuesday, Wednesday for the most part and uh, save. We need credit. It's, it's a lot to take into consideration. When did you start to notice that shift? Like, cause I, I kind of have as well. Uh, obviously, you know that I'm a pretty serious hockey better. And when I first started betting hockey, like lines were quiet overnight, right? I'd wake up the, in the morning. Line was the same as when I went to bed. That doesn't happen anymore. I, I've particularly noticed in the NFL, I, at least this year, it's been kind of crazy. Like you're, you get lines moving like a full couple points on a Sunday night. I saw Westgate opened up the Saints Giants total at 47 on this uh, Sunday, and it's like down to 43, 42 and a half right now. So um, like, I, I, I guess it's, I mean, this is just confirmation, but this is something that you've noticed is just happening more recently, right? Yeah. And, you know, people will call us too and, and, oh, help us get down on, you know, like I know NFL totals, like I was asked for the next Monday night game already. And I, you know, I have to, I can't, I can't, (laughs) I can't bet eight days out. It's like, it's such a credit issue in football. It's always football, obviously the NBA role, you know, carries over. So you could fire in, you know, as well as I do, the nine in the morning to about 11 is, the daily rush you know maybe even 12 now where football is like it's it feels like it's monday and then it's like maybe some totals tuesday and then it's kind of relaxed until limits go up because you either miss the number or you know you're just waiting like so so i mean sometimes friday it just becomes like you won at oregon state but now washington's plus three and you have to trust the number it's just like my number is one and now i'm getting four points the other way yeah i can't even uh that that really uh rings true uh with i guess my process like i think back to last week where i missed green bay sunday night football right i wanted that early four i was like ah you know i hope this hangs around it didn't it gets down to three green bay's left tackle gets announced out and now i'm like showing value on san fran later in the week and it's like do i really want to pull the trigger on san fran when i should have actually unloaded on green bay earlier in the week and i think these decisions are are you know, they're happening more and more now and it's such a head case i mean you go Go in knowing teams like all summer I studied these college football teams and Toledo was a high and this was a low and and it's like you want to be on that but your numbers don't align and it's like torture and then of course Green Bay wins so you you know you hate your life and it's like oh, I missed it I was worried about that half a point you know took me off a winner it's it's a it's a mind it's a mind game man yeah I mean it's the balance of like what I can get down on Monday. Uh, at that number and and like the likelihood of losing the number. I mean, there's just so many things to take into account. Right. And you're never going to have be able to make that perfect decision, but definitely I'm, I'm, I've kind of very, I've very, 
my mindset shifted a lot over the course of the years where before it was like, I'm just going to wait till later in the week to now it's just, it gets super frustrating losing some of these early numbers to the point where I'm like, I don't know why I'm just not really betting these early numbers and taking a, a smaller, uh, you know, smaller play, even if, if I have, you know, I, I just, it's frustrating. That's kind of the PPH game. You know, it's like, I still battle it and I could get down well in the beginning of the week. But I feel like almost like less of a man. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, the Twitter cesspool that you say is always like, guy bets on Monday, you know, like me and Raz take a bunch of shit. Like, but I mean, he has accounts, I have accounts. Why am I going to lose the number? Somebody's going to ruin it for me for $2,000 because there's just no love lost in this market, you know? So, but I still battle it. I want to hold the number. I did it week two. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm waiting till Fridays. And I swear every Arizona state which run up losing was like, it was just like, I miss everything. And I was so pissed off. I was like, I'm done. That's it. I, I got to bet at least, at least the top three, four games on Monday. And then I could deal with, especially around key numbers. You gotta, you gotta make your move, you know? Yeah. I'll get, by the way, anyone who's listening, I think tunes mentioned uh, two things that I want to briefly explain a little more. Uh, number one, he mentioned like not being able to bet every game because he's got to, you know, conserve, preserve credit. Um, and I think what he, what he means there is, you know, he is betting in the PPH, which we've explained earlier, kind of like what that is and how that works in earlier episodes of the podcast. But you know, each PPH account with, you know, those local bookies has a certain amount of credit in it. So what he means is if he's betting on Monday, that that game, if it's NFL is not grading until Sunday evening, if it's, you know, college football is likely not grading until Saturday midday or Saturday, Saturday evening at the time when the when the game grades on Saturday evening, there's not much stuff to bet on. So if you're making that one bet, you can only bet that for the whole week with that credit. Whereas mentioned, if you're betting NBA, that's going to grade later tonight. So if you bet NBA in the morning, next day, you know, hopefully, you know, you win two, you lose one, you win four, you lose three, that credit's back in the account. You're slowly growing that. Now you'd be able to continue to roll over that credit. So quick, I know a lot of people listening definitely do understand that. But for those who don't, I know we've been asked this question a bunch on Twitter is, you know, what does that mean? Preserving credit, things like that. So I just wanted to give that a quick explanation. And then now a question for you, Joey. So, um, you know, I want to follow up one thing with that too, go real ahead, quick. Go ahead. So um, also, this is like the everyday struggle that we have to live through as uh, professional bettors with PPH accounts is, and this is why I choose not to bet the NFL super early. Like if Roethlisberger's hurt, obviously I'm going to go out on that. And I already liked the Cincy side last week, but they don't move as much as college football. And come game day, me and Rob will trade and me and other groups, there's a lot of side trading going on. There's big liquidity and you'll get deals both ways. So I'm not particularly in a rush to go take a, a four on a Tuesday, tie up that credit when it may just stay four. And I could have traded Rob. He likes Houston. I like Jacksonville four, even four, even. And it's like, now I wasted credit. My account looks sharp because I'm betting games six days in advance. I don't want to lose accounts. It's the lifeline of the business. So, you know, there's just a lot of things to consider on, because I get a lot of slack too. Why didn't you play this feed me? Why didn't you play the over? Why didn't, you know, it's like your account's 2000. I tie up your credit. I go one and three, you lose. The guy that gave me 20,000, I go one and three, then 11 and two. And he's like, you're the best. So it's like, you know. Yeah, definitely a struggle managing separate partners. And, and like you said, if you had unlimited credit, it'd be a lot easier, but that's just not the... The nature of the game right now so my question was kind of in regards to that you mentioned just now you know you can't bet early in the week because your account's going to look sharp so that is what i was going to ask you actually is you know you're you're if you're betting early week football and they're they're moving uh your account's not it's not necessarily looking like a dummy right it's not like you're pumping in all your nfl on sunday mornings and betting a bunch of parlays so is there anything else you do to try to keep those accounts alive and and if not um, do you play any like props or anything else in the accounts? Like what, what else do you do to try to, you know, keep those looking good and, and keep them alive for, for longer? Well, I probably, sh I'm guilty of not, you know, I was taught to like put some parlays in and, but I'm really brutal with that. I mean, there's so many accounts to go in and hand, hand bet is like just so outdated at this point. I, I should though, but I'm guilty of not doing it trying to dumb it down a little bit, maybe put a square parlay in. Um, 
props are like almost considered sharp now. You know, it's like, you know, it's it used to be like volume, you're a dummy, a lot of plays, you're a dummy, and props, you're a dummy. Now, all that has changed. I mean, there's a couple of prop guys that we deal with. I mean, I don't, I won't have the time to dig in, nor do I really know what I'm doing. That was never like my thing, my market. But, um, you know, that's where like we kind of work with some other people if they get good info or there's a prop he needs to get a couple dimes on, then, you know, we could help if we get the information and uh, things like that. What I've been doing recently is kind of, if I'm getting enough down on Monday and that number is there on like a Thursday, I'll kind of, I, I, it's actually, I'll kind of lose EV to kind of, I'll just hit penny or whatever and try to bring that number back down in the shape where it doesn't look like an ultra steam move. Like, so almost wasting money because all bookies can do is look at where the line closed. I mean, they don't have any telltale sign unless you're watching it every day, but most bookies on the back end of these places that, you know, the PPH places, it's uh, it'll have a thing like beat the line, beat the closing line, or, you know, it's very easy to be like, well, he beat that by two, 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 and he's done. He's sharp. He beat the line. He's sharp. And, and that's what they go by. So, the name of the game is kind of keep it off screen, you know, especially early in the week where the limits are so low, it's not even worth ruining the market. You know, $2,000 is not worth it. In regards to these PPH accounts, I think that there's like two general um, philosophies. And there's one of them where there's the people who are trying to conserve the accounts as much as possible, right? I want to try to make this last as, as long as I humanly, as long as it's humanly possible. I'm going to put in some round robin uh, NFL totals, just overs on Sunday morning and whatever. And then there's the other school of thought that I'm just going to bet my edges. And if I lose the account, I lose the account and I'll just try to replace it at some point. And it sounds like you fall into that, that ladder. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I should be better of it. But then again, you're using credit. That's what I mean. I'm battling betting super early all the time. And it's just, it's a constant fight. But I mean, I've had so many guys with me that they're like professional, like that's their job, like getting us accounts and they do well off it. And they have some in the pipeline or they'll go out and shit, I'm down to three accounts. I'm down to 10 accounts. I gotta, I gotta go out and, you know, start hustling again i ran into a mutual friend of ours about a year ago uh where he was talking about how he had given you like a, a great account uh i think it was like a buckeye account with like really high limits and he's like i told tunes like tunes make this account last i don't have any more of them and he's like doesn't this guy fire 10k wnba and 10k cfl into this account and i was just dying of laughter and i'm like listen man the guy probably had a nice edge there and he wanted he wanted to get down on it and like i i get it sometimes i think sometimes people are like overly cautious in that they're like they leave money on the table because they're scared that if they place these bets the account's going to be gone and in a lot of cases these accounts last actually a lot longer than you would actually think um because you like you said like somebody has to notice what's going on Right. There needs to be someone, whether the agent or, or someone on the back end saying, hey, like this guy's definitively sharp and that can happen. But in a lot of cases, it doesn't happen. So um, I, I just wanted to share that with you. You might know who I'm talking about. You might not. But uh, um, anyways, we'll, we'll pivot here. We've had um, we've had Spanky uh, on the pod before. Uh, I know that you and him both being from the New Jersey area, there's like a, a mutual respect for one another. Um a lot of people have compared your process to his just in general. I, I mean, just just share, I guess, your relationship with Spanky just in general. And if there's anything you've learned from him over the years, and if you would consider what you do similar uh, to what he's doing in market right now. Um, well, I think, I think Spanky gets like a bad rap because he's more of a trader than always an originator. And I kind of always done both. I mean, he's always, he would help me, you know, move my games when I first met him or always ask me, what side are you on in this game? Or can we get down early? Like, will you win? You know, so he always trusted me in that aspect. But he was like, he was a pioneer with the robotics in the industry. I mean, I met him, uh, I don't know, like 12, 15 years ago. And, and I didn't have a robot. I was basically doing the partner thing in my town. And but I was doing it by hand and we developed kind of a hand office. I got hooked up with Spanky with a mutual friend and 
Costa Rica. I didn't even know he lived up there. I've never, I didn't really hear of him. Um, we met, um, you know, we, we exchanged numbers. We did, and then we just did, um, you know, all the things together. But uh, he was, I mean, you know, we're, we're great friends. I like the guy. Um, he just takes a lot of shit, I think, as far as, you know, the steam chasing and stuff. But um, back then it was, it, nobody really knew as much as they do now, you know? So he was just taking advantage of a situation um, that I'm sure everybody would have done if you could have. But he's a great trader. I mean, he earns. He wants to earn, and and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, who are some other people that you would you credit to having like a positive impact on you? Because obviously, like as a better, you evolve over the years. You talked about betting 15, 20 years ago. Obviously, what you're doing now is not the same as when you first started. And along the way, you come across people that you know they lend a helping hand, whether that's you know mentoring you in some sort of way or just a person that you might have really learned something from. Uh, any others off the top of your head that you think have had a, a profound impact on on what you do nowadays? Um, I guess first comes to mind, there's a guy named uh, Robbie Pike. Yeah, I think they did. Vince Vaughn played him in actually Dinky's movie, who's another guy. Dinky was played <laughs> by Bruce Willis. I think we all seen that. And uh, this guy, Robbie, um, he really, he's just the coast of king. He, he opened up Pinnacle and really opened some windows for me um, as far as in Costa Rica, which is like, you know, the hotspot has been the hotspot in this industry for a while. Um, taught me a little bit, a lot about numbers as, and, and Dinky too. Dinky's great with the numbers in baseball and hockey and learned a couple, uh, a couple of things from them. But um, yeah, I mean, Spanky helped out with the, uh, you know, understanding automation and, and how, like how it evolved in the industry is, is crazy, really. So those I, guys. I think um, we haven't really talked about this with anyone before, but um, I think it's a topic that fascinates like the casual better who might hear the term like bot betting or have someone betting with a bot and they really don't understand what it means or how it works. And um, I'm just curious, like how you first got involved, like how did you go about learning that uh, just in general? Was that like something that was taught to you from someone else. So obviously like a lot of professional bettors in this space are using bots to get down in multiple accounts at the same time um, and things of that nature. But it's like if someone nowadays who's a recreational better, maybe an aspiring pro wanted to go about doing that, there's not a lot of information out there, right? Like you Google how to bet with a bot, you're not going to get a whole bunch of stuff that's relevant. So how did you eventually, you know, graduate into being able to, to get to that step? Um, Basically through, there's a couple like just, I mean, I reached out to people first and foremost, I checked on like, uh, you know, websites, but basically I got referrals from guys that had built bots for sports betters in the industry, not on any website. There's probably like three or four guys. I mean, I've hooked a couple guys up with, uh, my programmer and, and, uh, some other people I've used like three different bots or maybe even four at this point. And um, yeah, I mean, it's basically like an industry thing. It's not something you could just Google, uh, you know, sports betting bot. You can, I've done it and it just leads you to like, you know, a bunch of spam bullshit. So how does it work? Take us through the process if you can. I know it wasn't on the, the pre-prepped questions, but this is good I to address <laughs> because Everybody thinks I, I have replies like in my DM, like now this guy, he, you know, like I know the outcome and he bets it like the bot is like, you know, Bissalmanac or something. So I'm still here. <laughs> I don't, I don't auto bet. I'm not going to say I never did, but it became, you need the human element or it'll go haywire. You can't really, you have to read the market and what to go after or the parameters will go insane. You'll get, you know, a ton of money on this game because the number was there and you won't get enough and you wind up going one and one and lose 30,000. So that never worked. So I'm constantly here. It's, it's my, my, my robot, basically I'll type in a game number. I could pull the lines from the site first and see them like kind of a Don best screen. And uh, I could eliminate the twos. If I'm looking 
good for two and a half or better. Like it'll go out and find those better numbers because you'd be surprised. Some bookmakers do still make their own lines. They do, they, you know, they're on this cheap bookie buddy that's $1 a month and their lines are just stale forever. And uh, the bot will know to get them. I can't log into all those sites and know every single line. So, or if I'm in dire need of speed, I'll just type in, if my number is three minus 115 max on the Saints, then that's all it's gonna get or better. It'll pick up three minus 10, two and a half minus 15. We added like numbers worth to it. Like my own numbers, I kind of told the programmer, look, not every number is the same, you know, like four minus 25 isn't <laughs> as good as three and a half minus oh five. Right. But it's hard for them to understand me and me to understand them in a way. So yeah, and then I could speed, you know, if I, I have to do it fast, I speed bet it and, and, um, and, you know, it takes off from there. But yeah, I mean, I'm here, there's no cheating. It's just, I have so many accounts, it's physically impossible to do it any other way. I can't even take hand sites as much as I try and help people. I like feel, you know, I feel bad. Like I'm not going to use it. It's just the market moves so fast now. And, and like you said, the back ends, they just know they, they flag certain accounts. So you get one shot and, and that's it. And, and they're starting to move the numbers a little more as they should. Yeah. I think pe- people need to understand that this is a, a method of speed betting. It, at the end of the day, if you're a losing better, a bot's not going to help you because you're just going to be betting at all these places and losing the bets. This is just a, a, a method to get down a lot of money in a quick manner. And that's the difference. I, I think I, I see a lot of the same stuff you see tunes out there. People who think like, oh, I need to get a bot and I'm set. And it's like, no, I mean, you still have to be able to to understand the market and be a winning better in order for that to be successful. So I well, appreciate you a lot of that. accounts. That's another one as well. Like you need to be able to go out and search a lot of places for these numbers. And, uh, you know, having a few accounts is not going to do that for you. Yeah, yeah definitely the, the bot. Sorry, Joey. The bot's definitely not uh, cheating. I know a lot of people, a lot of bookies will cite that. Oh, this account is using a bot. They're cheating, beating the lines, beating the numbers, as mentioned. All it is, is essentially you, you still have to key in what you want. It's not sifting through all these sites and automatically picking off numbers and just guaranteed to m- make you money. You're, co- you're telling it, hey, bet this at this price or better, and it's just going to go through and, and hit you know 20 or 30 or 40 sites at once for you. But... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Joey. It's the same thing as I did when I had my handbed office. I mean, I would yell out max numbers and max juice. Juice wasn't really as big of a thing back then, but I would, uh, you know, it's like me screaming across my bot. Look, I want all the threes minus 15 and that's it. Anything better, take, you know, that's how it would work. And plus, why not have a fair fight? I don't know. This is what I tell these bookies. Well, you tell him when he starts moving his lines, I'll hand bet him and beat him. How about that? <laughs> because everybody's using auto movers. I mean, it's, you know, every, every sports book now is an auto mover. It's be hard pressed to find a book who still actually sits there and moves his own numbers. Do you miss that at all? Like being in a room with a number of people and just yelling out and like having that I guess the social interaction, because like for me, I, I always, I I've grown up on technology, right. And I have very little limited social interaction in what I do. If I want somebody to bet something, I send a telegram message and they're going to go embed it. And that's it. Like, to me, that seems like it would have been fun just like to have all these people around you. And so like, I'm just curious if you actually miss that, or if now it's just so much easier to bet that like, you don't even care about it. Yeah. It's like, it's good and it's bad. And and now that I'm my office is at, at, at my home for the first time in so long. I mean, we closed our office. Now my guys are on Discord, so I still get that kind of interaction where, you know, we're all. But it's definitely when everybody's talking, it's hard to understand or whatever. People are talking over each other. Um, but, yes, I'm very, I mean, I when I'm trading or, or going after stuff, very intense. And it's like a boiler room effect. I mean, I do miss that, you know, but. I also don't miss traveling to the office and spending 14 hours there. It's, it's hard. You know, it's like some days I do, some days I don't. <laughs> I get that. I mean, it depends on the day for sure. I, I can understand that. I just think it's pretty cool. Like I've, I personally never experienced anything like that. I think it would be pretty cool if I was able to, but, um, I talked about my, myself sending out telegram plays. Um, I know that you're running a telegram channel now, which 
I mean, has come under fire, I guess, on gambling Twitter from some people, but also you do get a lot of support from others who are involved in the the channel. Um, so walk us through that now, specifically uh, what it is and and how people can get involved. Um, be truthful, I don't even know. So I, I I made this about two years ago, and I didn't even really know what I wanted to do it. I also made a website, feed me. Uh, feedme.bet, which I did nothing with. It's just a dinosaur picture because I don't really know. It's like you want to market to feed me, like how it became. But at the same time, I'm not really selling anything. But my thing is always as a pro, like I don't want your tips. I don't want any of that. I just want to be partners with you. I want to win. I want to lose with you. And uh, so the Telegram is just easier for me to um, kind of interact. Like Twitter is a lot of mumbo jumbo. I use it for basically information at this point, more so than, you know, friendly powwows and, and things like that. But um, yeah, the Telegram, I'm not even sure what's going on. I'm, I'm basically taking the angle of giving regular people just uh, almost like a blog of what the daily office is. It's like, I'm talking to myself, no one can talk back, which is excellent. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they just put the shit on Twitter now. And, uh, you know, just kind of going through my, like my steps of how I, why, you know, armies a play Thursday and not Monday or like the number got there or just injury info, depth charts, you know, five Oh linemen are banged up that I put that, like you said earlier in the podcast, I mean, a major took you off of green Bay because a couple of linemen are hurt. I mean, it's just the everyday process of, you know, trading, or maybe I respect someone who, is like, no, you know, uh, Air Force is to play this week, blah, blah, blah. You know, I dig in. I'm like, yeah, I'm close. Maybe I'll, you know, take a shot at it or whatever. Whatever the day brings. And it kind of gives them like an a, uh, inside look of how, how like, uh, you know, a professional betting office does things. Yeah, it's just like an outlet for you in general. Like people ask me all the time, why do you do media? Like how, how do you do an NFL video on Wednesdays or Thursdays and, and give away your positions? Well, I mean, I usually give away the positions that I bet already, but I, I don't know. There's like an innate part of me that I, I just like, I've talked about this on this podcast before. I just like, I don't like hearing my own voice, but I like having my opinions out there and people um, respecting me in some way. And I mean, I don't know why I value that, but I do in some, you know, in some capacity. And I think, you know, there's kind of like, I don't want to say there's a jealousy in the, in the gambling Twitter community or amongst pro betters, but I think definitely there's like an ego when it comes to the sports better, where like, we want people to know that we're successful at what we do. Um, just like if I was in any other profession and I was really good at what I did, I would want that acclaim for that. And I think that's kind of similar. I mean, do you feel that same like need, I guess, to just kind of get that respect from the rest of the community? So this is another thing I'm just torn on. And it's like, cause you know, as well as I do that there's the real killers aren't on Twitter. You know, it's not the guy selling max bombs and all that or whatever, you know, Thursday, Sunday play of the week. It's uh, there's guys that want monster orders and real betters that we know that are off social media. So, and I'm really not that, so like, I don't really like putting my business on there. Like I literally just got Instagram over the COVID because I literally was just like, there's no sports. I mean, thank you. You're playing horses. It's time to go out and do something. I'm bench pressing with rubber bands. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's like a struggle for me. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I want, I want these guys to know I'm a winner and I want them to, uh, you know, give me the accounts, you know, that's what I seek in all this. Um you know, and to help, you know, help small betters get better at understanding and help losing betters not lose, you know, win. And it's not taking money out of my pocket if they beat the books. So it's like, you know, why not help out? I mean, I don't, I really don't even know, to be honest. I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't plan on charging or anything, even though people are like, oh my God, 300 a month times 1600 guys. Think about that. Yeah, that's nice. I'm not going to lie. And then I could go to the beach and whatever, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really ready to do it. It, it, it grew fast. I mean, I, I really didn't, uh, I had eight guys on there for two years <laughs> and then people started asking, where do I get those plays? Cause I, sometimes I'd show the whole card, you know, like, and sometimes I'll just give a couple plays out and stuff like that. So 
tunes. Are you giving out stale lines? How are these plays being verified? That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> it. I know. I got to get an account. I've reached out to me. Can we back it? Because I'm on an absolute tear. I mean, we, we could have a, our team go through them like fine with a fine tooth comb, but either way, I'm I like if you start a fresh account, I'm pretty confident that you would end up winning regardless. So there's there's really no need to for the, for the backdating. But uh, yeah, it's funny. Like I get people all the time that like I, th- this community is hilarious. Sometimes I, I don't know if you know of the of Matt Zalbert tunes. I don't know if you've dealt with this guy on Twitter before. But he's always the guy that's like, you know, I've had a documented winning record for eight seasons. Where are your documented plays, Pizzola? And it's like, I mean, he's kind of right, but like, I, I bet for a living, right? Like, I win money. The, the documentation is my bank account and like my crypto wallet. That's the documentation, but I can't actually show that. So like, that's kind of like why I do the media stuff pretty regularly too. Like I give out picks on Sunday morning NFL and I'm, I'm winning against, you know, Chris and pinnacle lines on Sunday mornings. Like, I think that's like a certification that what I'm doing is valuable or at least I'm capable of beating markets. But yeah, it can get frustrating. I think like when you, when you start getting involved with these other communities, like we, I know you're a winner tunes. Like I deal with you. We deal with the same other people who deal with the same other people. Like there's this community of, of pro betters that all deal with each other that, that know we're pro betters. But then there's the outside looking in where they're like, oh, like who's this guy saying he's a pro and where's his documented plays and whatever. So I actually don't mind like the idea of doing a Telegram channel because I mean, you're, you're providing some value. You can end up getting accounts for yourself, which I mean, I think that's definitely a, a good motivation. But on top of that, I guess it's like, a way of of building the credibility that you probably don't even need to build, but it's there. Yeah, I used to. Um, so I was number one on wager minds. I don't even know if you guys remember, I remember wager minds. Do you remember yeah. wager minds? I was number I one for a while. And Specky always, when I first met him with the automation, he would be like, "You're number one on wager minds. You're the best." Like you know, like <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of like a bet stamp. Like, well, not really, but it was like you could bet on there and you were like accredited or whatever. But yeah, I mean, listen, you know, if I hate to say it because I'm not like, you know, I don't want to be that person to flaunt or or anything, but it's like, I don't have to go to nine to five and I never will. And some of these guys we're listening to on Twitter, like they're doing podcasts and video and they got like bunk beds in the bathroom and uh you know they're really working you can see them betting from their phone the wi-fi says you know building comcast because they're really at work they can only be like you know so it's like i look at that stuff i'm looking at it and i'm i'm supposed to take this guy serious he's in you know a uh a little apartment and and this is supposed to be the the best guy out there i don't know it's like i look and and that's all i need to really you know look no further type thing yeah, I understand. Uh, where did where did Feed Me start? I I don't know this backstory behind that, but it's like become so. For those that don't know, when uh, when when Tunes posts a, a pic to his Twitter account, he hashtags it with Feed Me, and it's kind of like become this thing about from his followers of like. And now I think the Feed Me is correct me if I'm wrong is like about giving you accounts, right? Like Feed Me accounts type of thing. But I could I could be wrong. Yeah, no, it is. It's about that. Um... So I think, uh, I think somebody tweeted at me, uh, it was like, feed me bets. And, uh, you know, I kinda, I kinda liked it. So I started doing it not all the time. And I'm like, feed me accounts though. I, you know, I don't want money. I don't want your 25 hours. I don't want a tip. I don't want anything. I want your accounts, feed me accounts. And then my buddy found like a, um, it was almost like, <laughs> like a Ziploc bag, but it was like, something you would put like your cyber shot in like a camera or your cell phone when you went underwater to snorkel and uh i was like oh this dinosaur is excellent so uh then i started posting like the the dinosaur pics that i have on my website and the background of my telegram whatever so the shirts and uh and then it kind of just took off like almost like you know it's like a marketing a marketing campaign i just don't well for accounts i would say yeah I've seen other people post like pictures of them in, in feed me gear, like t-shirts and stuff. Like, I, I, I think there, I think this could be a legitimate brand. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I think if you actually started, not, not that you need the money or anything. And I know it would be a headache for like manufacturing, like caps and golf polos and stuff. But like, I think it could be a really big brand if you wanted it to be. 
I told you I thought this was going to be on Zoom because I ordered the Feed Me hats and uh, you were laughing. But uh, yeah, I know we got them in, in the works and uh, it's cool, man. I got my kids tank tops and, uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun to fun to do. But yeah, people ask to buy them. I mean, I just give them away. Like, that's why when people say, like, I'm actually down money on Twitter. Like, the shirts were like $2,000. I send them out to all my partners, you know, take a pic of them and just, like, support the cause, you know? I will share um, another one of my favorite Joey Toon stories. Toons was in Toronto a couple years ago uh, to meet up with me and, and some uh, betting partners. And we went to a, a Blue Jays game at the Rogers Center. And we're just sitting down and we're talking and... Tunes over here is the guys behind us talking about like betting on baseball. These guys don't bet at all, but they're like, oh, you know, like we should really be betting on these games. And Tunes just like no shame turns around to the guys. He's like, listen, you want to bet? I'm your guy. I don't know if you ever heard of me, but he's like, look up hashtag feed me on Twitter and you're going to see I'm the real deal. He, he like writes down his number. He's like, take down my number. If you got accounts, I want your accounts. Like absolutely no shame whatsoever. Middle of like 10, 10 rows from the, from home plate. And he's just, he's working hard to get those accounts, but he used the feed me brand as a way to promote himself. He's like, I'm the real deal. You can tell by hashtag feed me, which I found hilarious. You're always working, you know, you always got to keep uh, the hustle. I, I bother talking to that guy, but he really didn't, he didn't understand much, but, uh, no dice on that one. <laughs> you actually got a call from that guy? Yeah, yeah. We spoke like a month or two after. <laughs> He'd be asking me for plays and, you know, I'm going to give him some free info. And look, you, you know, it's like you'd be surprised. Ask your brother at a party. Ask. Just ask. And the same when we get cut off from bookies. I tell my partners, listen, now tell him to come to our side, you know, be on the dark side. Don't, don't book us. Lay us off or get us accounts. And then you have the best of both worlds. You could book your squares. You could get the feed me accounts for us, and boom, you're, you're earning, baby. That's it. It's uh, pretty funny. I know you're right, though. I mean, there's other ways. Uh, like it's it's the open minded thinking, right? Think outside the box. Sometimes somebody cuts you off, and it's like, okay, how do you, how do you want to? You know, you've seen me win. You want to join this team, or do you want to just you know part ways forever? And I think there's uh, that's actually a really interesting way of thinking. Um, I just I have to bring this up because it's come up in the gambling Twitter community. We had Joey Knish on Circles Off um, a few months ago now. I think probably like three or four months ago, one of the earlier episodes. Uh, clearly, there's some sort of beef between you and him. And it's not like one where you guys put, like tag each other and go at each other. It's like this very behind each other's back kind of posts about one another. So I need to ask like, but and I, I will say, for everyone listening, I'm friends with Tunes. I'm friends with Kanish. That's like I I hate when like friends argue with each other and like you guys both message me about the other guy, which I find hysterical as well. But I need I need to know when and how this beef started, Tunes. Wait before you answer, Tunes. Before you answer that, I do recall once Joey Kanish tweeted a bunch of winning screenshots and he's like huge week this week come join the team and then he was like uh best competition is just offering a free t-shirt that's it <laughs> it was the feed me and it was the feed me t-shirt he's like he took on the role of mayweather he's like the heel of twitter i guess that's his uh ploy to uh get whoever bets for him accounts but um yeah oh is that a little shot there yeah a little shot there you know so um yeah, I don't know. Everybody asks if we're like just staging this and, you know, and I'm like, I, I, we used to speak, Rob hooked us up like, I don't know, maybe four years ago, this guy does some college football, you know, you should meet him. And, uh, but I don't have any respect for him. I don't like him personally. I don't really take that angle in, um, in attacking people, you know, especially without, I got to see, I mean, I don't pay attention to the guy, but people screenshot me like, you know, and then, it's like we spat back at each other. But, um, yeah, I don't really like to attack, uh, you know, like people behind their back, especially when I'm in um, better shape physically and financially. <laughs> I, 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 I would kind of physical thing. No one's ever like we all saw the push up challenge. And for anyone who's just this is an audio podcast, uh, Joey Tunes 
well known in the community as being absolutely ripped to shreds. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if Toons punched me in the head, like with all his power, my head would come off of my body. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I've also golfed with Toons before. And he he does like these half swings and hits the ball like um uh, it's it's absurd but um yeah okay I mean we we won't we won't do, dwell on it anymore I was just very curious about it because like I said um yeah I, I knew that you guys had talked in the past and then it was just like very suddenly came out of nowhere and I, I I didn't know if there was like some conversation that you guys had some falling out or I, I don't know it just seemed very weird to me man yeah he likes that role I I I mean obviously I'm gonna say my side but I don't really you know I'll go back at him I feel like I always have to see the text come in and stuff like that and uh you know whatever so can't pay if, too much attention if we held a celebrity boxing match a gambling twitter celebrity boxing match but we made you only use your left hand tunes so you you can't your right hand is tied behind your back for the entire fight you can only punch and block punches with your left against Joey Kanish what do you line yourself in that fight? Hmm. Um, probably like minus two fifty. <laughs> okay, so you're giving him a chance. Like he, he yeah, might. Yeah. That's a tough one. Like, like you're obviously a big dude. You got a lot of punching power, but it's always difficult with one hand against another grown man. Yeah, he could catch me on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's shift to another medium here, Tunes. Uh, you, we once saw a picture you posted on Twitter. Um, you know, with a Bitcoin hoodie, driving a Tesla. And I think that says that says everything we need to know about you. You know, big Bitcoin Tesla guy. Let's talk. Let's talk about that for a sec. Uh, you, you, are you going to get the Model S Plaid or what? You know what? I just I went into one about three weeks ago. They only have three available in the whole U.S. to even test drive. So I did get mine priced out now, which held a lot of value. So I do want to get one. Um, like I was telling you, we all have one, and. Uh, it's just like the need for more, you know, even though it's such a rocket ship, it's like you want to, now you want the plaid. I need the G-Force of a 1.9. So yeah, I think I'm going to go out and splurge and, and get the other one. It's such a cool car. I mean, you literally have to do nothing like we talked about. It's like I'm reading sports articles and my car's driving. I mean, it can't be beat. I don't care. Lamborghini's cooler, Bugatti's cooler, but man, not having to really drive is spectacular. When Elon was uh, tweeting all the stuff about Doge and, and Bitcoin was tanking because of his tweets, I actually tweeted that I was going to throw a rock at every Tesla I see for the rest of my life. And within a month, I was test driving one and buying one. And I, I like, honestly, they're absurdly good cars. Like you don't even feel like you're driving a car. It's just like you feel like a, you're driving it's an incredible piece of technology. I can't even believe I'm promoting Tesla now. But yeah, it's like... Man, the acceleration on these things too is just like it's nuts. What a car! Um, let's talk about crypto a bit, or at least financial markets, because uh, at least during COVID, and especially when there was no sports tunes, you were tweeting a lot about financial markets just in general. Um, is that something that was like has always been a passion of yours, or was that just because there was no sports going on last year for a long period of time? You needed something else to occupy your time. Um, no, it's always been a passion. Like I've always wanted to kind of be on wall street, but this was just, I guess an easier market. And just now I'm just so far in, I think, and I talked to a lot of wall street guys who want to be in the sports betting. So it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like rappers and basketball players. They want, I feel like they each want to be the other, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. I just like, I just see like, oh man, the liquidity, like I could bet a hundred thousand on Tesla and not even move the market. That takes like impossible amounts of time and shifting and trading to do in the sports world. So that's the um, allure of it. So, but I, I mean, I, and it's like all legal. You're like a hero in, in wall street, even though probably cheating in every which way or insider trading front running. I mean, it's, but, and in sports, you're kind of like a shithead. Like I had to lie forever about like, <laughs> oh, I just bet, you know, forever and don't actually go into work. So, um, yeah, I kind of think, uh, so I kind of think that's where it lies. Um, but obviously the financial market is much tougher. Well, especially for me, I mean, there's 40 clients working at each, you know, hedge funds or, uh, you know, 
Morgan Stanley type place. Um, the crypto, I kind of just, <laughs> I mean, I kind of just from betting and winning offshore, we started to pay people in Bitcoin in like 2016. So I kind of just accumulated from betting. I didn't really have a choice. I knew it was safer. God forbid anything were to happen, like, or, you know, whatever it was a good way to, I mean, we used to go to Costa Rica and bring like nine friends and they'd all bring a certain amount of cash. Like that's the way we had to do things then, or Western union, which was a thousand dollars. And I decent crypto was like a force of nature in, in the industry. And, um, yeah, I just happened to get in early and then I started really reading about it and, you know, just kind of holding on to it. And, uh, I went through periods of trading, but I try and take on too much. I mean, it's just probably better off, um, you know, just holding it and, and whatever, staying in the bigger ones. I'm not messing around with, you know, the NFTs and stuff. I just think that stuff is going to get wrecked. Dogecoin, you know, all these pump and dumps, not, not my thing. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess we differ there on the NFTs. It's all good. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, if you guys zoom, great. I just, well, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be like some, but, everybody's going to get hurt. But what's a better buy right now? A Model S Plaid or a CryptoPunk? <laughs> um, well, cars suck, you know. I guess I, I would still probably choose the Plaid. They, they're holding value now. And they're going up like 10000 every month. I wanted it for 120 now it's 140 And so, but Tesla was the best buy of all. I mean, I happen to read an Elon Musk book, um, I guess like two, three years ago. And I just was like, this guy's amazing, man. He's just like such a smart individual. I mean, he takes a lot of shit cause he's quirky and you know, whatever. But um, I mean, that's what made me like actually buy the Tesla and the stock. I mean, I, I got in Tesla really early. And again, I traded out of most of my position because, you know, I feel like I have to trade everything. I don't know. Sometimes it's better to just set it and forget it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, but like, okay. So having had Tesla stock early and, and being involved in Bitcoin early and then seeing these things rise, I assume that there's probably been at least one point in, in your life where you said like, why am I doing this sports betting thing? I should just probably focus on financial markets instead. Like has, has that been something that's crossed your mind? Yeah, all the time because the hours <laughs> I log in, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know, and it's like starting to raise a family and it's just like, it's a lot of work, you know, so I have like, I tweeted out the Tony Soprano thing. I got to take that. It's my busy season. Like that's real life. Like I, I don't travel. I don't have my children during football season, well planned in July and late April. Um, so it's like, you know, it's just be nice to just, uh, you know, kind of go at your own pace in that aspect. But in 2017, man, when, when Bitcoin was just like, I mean, you had to check your Coinbase account every three seconds. It was like, you know, you're making a thousand a minute at that point. I'm like, yeah, this is, I could get used to this and be done with sports. This is much I, funner. I was waking up probably six times over the course of a night just to refresh like crypto prices. Not even exaggerating because it was nuts. And you didn't know if it was going to fall off a cliff while you were sleeping either. You could wake up one morning and, and the market be down 20% overnight because of the Asian market. And um, I mean, I will say though, that's the kind of stuff that it, like kept me alive for a long, like I, I kind of live, live for that stuff. It was so, I mean, yeah, it had to. I mean, you're just like, you feel like the smartest man on earth, you know, and What's better than just sitting there refreshing your phone, knowing you're making X amount of dollars, you know, it's, it could be out there. I think again, now it's such a big space that, you know, you have to have automation and you have to really understand, or you just, you know, hodl and that's it. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how some people do it, like balance all these things at once, but regardless, I do think it's a fascinating space and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to what's going to come because I still like believe that crypto is in its infancy, even though we've been talking about it for so, so much, so much time now. And it seems like it's getting like, uh, more media attention and recognition. I like think about the, the percentage of people that actually own crypto relative to what I think that percentage should be. And I think there's just so much more room for these markets to go. And, and I've dabbled in silver bars and gold bars. 
And if I really needed that money, what am I doing with that? I don't even understand. You have to take it to a pawn shop and get ripped off and lose your value. And I mean, yeah, you're not going to earn or lose with the inflation, but I don't know. If I'm in a pinch, what am I doing with a gold bullion or whatever? <laughs> you know, what am I doing with it? It's heavy, you know, it's just, and this being the digital world, it just makes sense for that to replace it, you know? But it, it, I think we need like the older generation to kind of, as bad as it's, uh, you know, like die off in a way. And these young kids where the metaverse or Roblox is their idea of hanging out. I mean, that's weird for us. I mean, I'm 40. So like uh, my kids are like, I'm playing with my friends. No, you're not. You're next to each other on, on Roblox. That's a plane. Go ride your plane, go to baseball. That's playing, <laughs> you know, like, so, but I don't understand that. And they don't understand the digital world and, I think, but I think it's a long-term winner. I will say this. I mean, if we do have like another lockdown ever again and you can't go to the gym, you can at least throw those gold bars in a wheelbarrow or something and just wheel them around your yard or something. <laughs> and get some sort of use out of them. Yep. Man, that much gold in a, a full wheelbarrow of gold is probably like 700 million. Uh, no, way yeah. more than that. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, it could be nuts. Uh, is, is, that a, is that a framed Derek Jeter jersey behind you there? Yeah, yep. It, can can you admit that Derek Jeter is the most overrated baseball player of all time? Get out of here, man. You even watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> this this is always the argument I got into when I was younger because uh, Jeter's like defensive metrics were always not as great as as um, people made him out to be. And then on top of that, I think the argument for in favor of Derek Jeter over the course of his life was like how clutch he was. Right, everyone who points to Jeter is always like clutch hits, and it's really like relative to other players not absurdly clutch and on top of that it's such a small sample that we really don't know but i do love to to rib yankees fans all the time about jeter i bet uh, if you dug in like his stats don't i don't think he was the most talented player there's just something about him he's just like the way he was drafted new york never got in trouble like he got to let's put that in quotations for everyone that he dated 20 maxim models dated, but A-Rod, he's known to sleep around. It's the same thing. It's just that yeah. it's Jeter. And but but Jeter sent them home with care packages, right? Like, wasn't that the story? If if you slept with Derek Jeter, you'd go home in the morning with like this beautiful like care package, bouquet of flowers. Like he did it in a classy way, you know? It's like a signed baseball, signed photo in there. <laughs> Three tickets. Yeah, so he just, he's like Mr. Wonderful or something, man. It's like, he just could do no wrong. He always got those big hits, won the championships. He was on the title years. But I think, like, if you break down, like, wins over replacement, I doubt he's, like, top 20, really. I don't even know. You may know. Tunes, you you, uh, you watch any games these days? Um, You know what? I try to watch... Saturdays, but it's kind of just like on in the background. Like, uh, I don't really get to follow, like, uh, uh, you know, or uh, pay too much attention. Sometimes it's almost like uh, it's almost worse to watch the games in a way for me because I'll see. Sometimes it's good to see the gameplay, but it's impossible. And I, I'm my head's in in the dumbbell screen or what's going on around me so not as much as i used to and we there's a couple chats like group chats that i'm in like the trade and we always joke about how much we know like older players like i know all i, I can name the 90s 2000 baseball teams like clockwork and now it's like i can't even unless you played on college i really don't don't follow along that much really like the nfl and stuff I got my guys, the younger guys. I'm like, is this guy good? <laughs> would you say would you say that that sports betting kind of killed your your fandom and your love for sports a bit? Um, yeah, well, I mean, since I've always been involved with it, it's I grew up near like the Eagles, and everybody would bet the Eagles, and Eagles are going to Super Bowl. I have to be in one and zero, so I'd always and they're just like, just like I'm a Yankees fan, I'm an Oregon fan. I got, but I could hold a conversation, you know. I don't think they're the best team in the league, like. I definitely don't want to play Tampa. You know, I think I know there's issues. I could, I cannot start a bat, start a bat ever, and that's that. Like, so I hated getting into those arguments. So it made me hate the Eagles. And uh, you know, obviously younger, everybody would bet the Eagles. But um, 
you know, I hold true to some teams, but no, I mean, for the most part, whatever, I'll bet against the Yankees. I mean, you know, money's still money, you know, whatever. If I win, I win money. If they win, it's another win. All right, Tunes, this has been great. Uh, thank you for coming on. We want to uh, ask the closing question, which we ask to all of our guests, which is uh, if you could go back just five years um, and talk to the previous version of yourself, what's uh, one piece of advice you'd give? Um, it would have to be, um, I guess, like, just, I don't know, always keep your word. Like, I've always prided myself on kind of like uh, – my street credit even more than my real credit, you know, and I always uh, want to honor that. Like I tell a lot of partners, you know, um, you'd be hard pressed to find like a strike against me, you know, not, you know, on the financial side or ever burning anybody or anything like that. Um, but just work hard, you know, hard work will always win out, you know, even if you're not the smartest or you don't have all, the, the the robotics just stay in learn from mistakes and uh you know take it from there sound sound advice i mean it's spoken like a true italian i would say just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know like i want people to res- know that i'm i'm good i'm clean you can respect me i'm not gonna you know hurt you type of thing it's just like such a classic italian answer right there yeah it's like i love saying it you know i mean like i pride myself i'm the guy who told you you dropped a dollar, you know, like I, I want, I want that, you know, I've been, I've been reading a lot about like the 80, 20 rule where, you know, 80% of your income reflects 20% of your, uh, you know, customers or, or whatever, in my case, partners, like, and uh, kind of get rid of the noise. Cause I, I would have trouble saying no to people, you know, I feel like I'm like, you know, not giving them time of day or anything. And I'm just, like not like that i love the network network would be another thing i mean never burn a bridge you know it's like you never know when it could come back to bite you in the ass or help you down the line this has been episode number 27 of circles off with joey tunes professional sports better joey thanks for joining us anyone who enjoyed